morning to you. Hey, I want to tell you the other side of the story, why the pastor asked me to preach. When you become 40, you're too tired a lot of times to preach. And so he asked me to preach, and so he's getting older, so we're going to have to be very careful with him. And uh, don't depend on him too much, because, you know, when you get that age, it's just hard to go through a lot of things. And uh, so you tell him how much we appreciate him, uh, and uh, we'll take care of him, okay? Okay. All right. Well, welcome this morning. This is a beautiful day, a time that we've come to celebrate one of the greatest days, I think, in the whole world. And even I have people here today that drove a lot of miles to hear me preach. Got a couple right over here from Texas. Uh, uh, you know, Miss Bowens uh, over here, and she remember this church years ago. They drove all the way from Dallas, Texas, to hear me preach this morning. So I appreciate you here to pre- hear me preach this morning. But you're, I'm glad that you're here. And uh, we are also glad to have mothers to celebrate with. Now, you who maybe ladies who are here are not mothers, but you have a dear, had a dear mother, I know you have great things to remember about her. And so remember her. Just in your heart today, have a time of real blessings in your heart to remember mom. Some of your moms are still alive. Praise God for that. Do something nice for her today. Uh, if she's all the way somewhere else, give her a call. Uh, don't depend on somebody else to do that for you. You do it and tell mom happy Mother's Day. And Mother's Day to me is one of my favorite days because of some memories that I have very precious. But today I want to talk to you first of all about uh, mother of uh, Moses, the mother of Moses. Her name was Jochebed, and uh, she was some wonderful, wonderful lady. If you have your Bibles there, open it, please, to the book of Exodus, uh, chapter uh, 1. We're going to read one verse of that. That's the last verse, verse 22, Exodus 1, 22, and then Exodus 2, chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. So just follow along with me if you don't have your Bible, and listen to what it says. What a great story. And Pharaoh changed all his people, charged all of his people, say, Every son that is born ye shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. And there went a man of the house of Levi and took a wife, a daughter of Levi. And the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw him that he was beautiful, child, she hid him Three months, and when one could not longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and dabbed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she said, It is in the flags by the river brink. She laid it in the uh, flags in the river's brink. And sister, and his sister stood far off. That was Miriam. Uh, she was about 10 years old. And, um, she and his sister stood afar off to see what would be done to him. And the daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river. 
and her maidens walked along by the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she had opened it, she saw the child. And behold, the babe wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrew children. Then said her sister to Pharaoh, daughter, Shall I go and call to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And that was Jochebed. And Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed him. And the child grew, and she brought him into Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses. And she said, Because I drew him out of the water. This is an old, old story of hatred, of murder, of persecution, of unreasonable men and women. Pharaoh was in that number, and he was very nearly successful in his hellish plan to wipe out the Jews of Egypt. Only one roadblock stymied his plot, a young, determined lady named Jochebed. Pharaoh had declared that every newborn Jewish male child be pitched into the crocodiles of the Nile. I've been there. The Nile around Cairo is a very ugly place. It has dead cattle, dead sheep floating down through it. They say up north of that is beautiful. But this is the kind of place they pitched the babies of the Jews, the boy Jews. That way they could no longer propagate the Jewish race if all the boys' babies would be killed. And a nation meekly bowed down to that insane order from their government, but one person would not submit. Her name was Jochebed. No one, not even that mighty Pharaoh, was about to lay his hands on her God-given child. No one could destroy Moses because he was God's plan for the future for that great country. And her courage saved a nation. Jochebed's Courage saved a whole nation, for her child Moses was the great deliverer of the Exodus. Thank God for the grit of mothers. Mothers are precious, precious people. Today, let me just share just a few things about my mom, and then we'll continue with Jochebed for a moment. Uh, I want to tell you for the first time her full name. I've never mentioned my mother's first name or her full name. Her name was Sula McKinley Childress. McKinley was from President McKinley. She was a mom really at eight years old because her mama died and she had to raise three siblings. She was a mother at eight years old with three siblings below her. And she raised those three siblings and did a good job with them. Then she became the mother of seven of her own. 
and I've never called these names before. Tony, Helen, Pauline, Irby, Jimmy, Jane, and Ben. And uh, I was her favorite, of course. And she had a will of iron, that little lady did. She was tough. She was four foot eleven and weighed ninety five pounds, and so she uh, loved all seven of us with that little old body of hers. She did a lot of things for us. But let me tell you something about my mom also. When I was about five, well, I was five in the sixth, when I was six, and when I was seven, those three years I had pneumonia. They didn't have the shots like we do now, and so I was very critically ill, especially I remember when I was seven. I was very sick, and I can remember in my mind, it's not imaginary, I can remember her holding me in her arms and rocking me all night long because she was afraid I was going to choke to death, she said. And so she would not leave me. She would not hand me to anyone else. I had sisters there. But she wouldn't even hand me to my sisters because she said, I want to hold my baby. And she held me in her arms all night long. What a wonderful memory I have about that as she rocked me there in those days that I was very ill. My dad deserted us. I've told you this many times when I was 10 years old. So I was raised really without a dad because he wasn't really a dad even before that. And she took two jobs. My mom took two jobs. One in a factory, a corduroy factory, and she had a job that a man had to do. But that little old four foot eleven, ninety-five pound woman did a man's job uh, five days a week. About she worked about ten, eleven, twelve hours in that factory, and uh, she then on the weekends washed dishes in a place called Warren's Cafe. That was a famous cafe at that time because between. Uh, Fort Smith and Little Rock, that was kind of a stopping place for people as they were going to Little Rock, and they'd come to Warren's Cafe. And she washed dishes during those times in the weekends to make uh, ends meet in our house because she had Jane and myself. We were the only two left at that time. Uh, she had never had a raincoat. My mother never had a raincoat. And she had to walk two miles uh, to the factory that she worked in. And she'd get there sometime. She'd be soaking wet either with snow, rain, and she would work all day long in wet clothes because she was soaked to the bone. And she never had that raincoat, but I did. She'd make sure that I had a raincoat to go to school, and she provided clothes for me, and she wanted me to have whatever anyone else had, and so she provided very well for me. And she'd ask what the other boys were wearing, and when I told her what kind of pants they were wearing or shirts, she'd make sure that I had that. What a dear, dear thing I can remember about her. Two little happy things happened to me. and One of them, you say, well, that's not, you should be happy about that. But I laugh about it, and she did too. One day I walked in the house, and we lived in a little four-room house, and she was in the kitchen, and uh, I walked into the living room, and I don't remember even what I said because I usually never did this before, but I sassed her. I said something back to her, not right. And she was mopping the floor at that time, and all of a sudden a mop came flying through the air right by my head and hit the door behind me. 
And we stood there and we looked at each other for a few moments and we just started laughing because she threw the mop at me. And uh, she never had touched me before. She never whipped me as far as I can remember and I needed it many times. But listen, she was so precious and we laughed and we left, I hugged her and, and we kissed and, and I went on my way. Then another thing I remember, when I was in high school, guys, uh, you wouldn't guess it now, but I was a real fast runner. I used to run the 100-yard dash, and I did all the short relays, and uh, so I was pretty fast. Only, only one guy in our whole conference could outrun me, and his name was Johnny Rye from Russellville, Arkansas. But anyway, I was pretty fast, and I was bragging to my mom about that. I said, Mom, I'm pretty fast. She said, oh, Ben, you're not very fast. And she had her apron on, and she said, I'll race you. I said, Mom, uh, you can't do that. She said, yes, let's go out in the backyard. I'll race you. We walked out in the backyard, and across our back, back of our house, it was 30 yards from one side of the house to the other, that small house, 30 yards. And so I said, uh, Mom, we'll run from this corner to this corner. And she said, okay. And so I got down like a track guy gets down, and she was just standing there with her apron on. And I said, one, two, three, go. And we raced together. And people, I only beat her by one step. And we laughed about that. We had a good time about having a race against each other. What precious thing I can remember about that. But the most precious of all, most precious of all of this dear little lady, I called her Mama, my little Mama. And she came to uh, Hayward, Missouri, where I was pastor, the Macedonia Baptist Church in uh, Hayward, Missouri. And we, uh, she stayed with me, and she was picking cotton uh, while I worked and while June worked. And, and so uh, one Sunday morning, she stayed about three Sundays with us, and I think it was the second Sunday that she was there. I was preaching, and I hadn't told you this part now. My mom was not a Christian. No one had ever told her about Jesus. Everybody in Marlton, Arkansas knew her, but they didn't tell her about Jesus. And I preached that Sunday morning, and here comes down that aisle a four-foot-11, 95-pounder coming down the aisle. And she started down the aisle. I jumped off the platform that I was standing on, and I ran to get her, and I picked her up in my arms. That was one of the most precious times of my whole life. She gave her life to Jesus Christ. And we wept together and I held her in my arms. And the next Sunday, I baptized her. That I'll never forget. Mom, I'll see you. It won't be long. What memories moms have in our lives. No one ever escapes the embrace of a loving mother. No one. You can't escape it. It's always there. Even though sometimes we may wander away and not do the things we should be doing, that memory and that training will bring us back because of mom. Moses could not shake Jochebed's influence. He was raised in a beautiful, beautiful mansion, a palace, Pharaoh's palace. 
He had everything a young man could have. Had servants. He'd asked for something, they'd hand it to him. He asked for his pony to be brought to him. The pony was brought to him. Whatever Moses wanted, he had because he was in Pharaoh's house. That uh, Pharaoh's daughter took him as her son, and it was a wonderful relationship. But Jochebed had raised him in the background, had taken care of him, nursed him. Moses never got away from the influence of Jochebed. It was always there. And she taught him so well. It never tells us what she taught him, but she taught him to love God, one thing. She taught him to love the Jewish nation. That's one other thing. So the love of God in his heart was precious to uh, Moses. And so he had the love of God there. He had all that love that God could give to him. And the memories of a blessed mother are tremendously powerful. Ladies, you have no idea whatsoever that Jochebed, against nearly insurmountable odds, had installed in her famous son a faith in God and his country. You who have godly mothers are the blessed of all people. There's a lot of Jochebeds. I know that's not your name in this audience today and maybe watching us today. There's a lot of them out there that are so good and so precious, and they have great influences on their children. Oh, man, it's wonderful to have that kind of mother. He never shook the responsibility that his mother, Jochebed, gave to him. I'm talking about Moses now. He never shook that. It was always there. And so that's why he ended up as well as he did. Moms, never underestimate your power as a dear lady. Never do that. You may be saying, but pastor, you don't know my situation. Let me say that to you again. You may be saying, pastor, you don't know my situation. That's true. I don't. But I know that Jacobed's situation was. I know what that was. And unless you're living in slavery, unless your uh, son is under death sentence, unless you're penniless and have no hope of the future, you're not as bad off as Jochebed was. Yet she overcome. Jochebed had a fantastic God. And ladies, mothers, so do you. You have a fantastic God that loves and cares for you and will take care of you. And Jochebed overcome and so can you. A few weeks ago, I was reading a magazine that I had, and it involved a famous violinist, Paganini. A generation ago, he was performing before a distinguished audience when suddenly one of the strings of his violin snapped. The audience gasped. The master musician, however, <clears throat> continued to play on three remaining strings. As if it was nothing that ever happened, snapped, another string broke. Paganini played on without hesitation. And then, unbelievably, a third string gave way with a snap and a crack. For a brief moment, the violinist stopped. The audience knew that he couldn't continue, but calmly, 
he raised the famous Stradivarius violin he had in his hand. And he raised the violin up into the air. And he said, one string and Paganini. And with tremendous skill, he finished playing the piece they were playing. The performance was done with matchless perfection. And the audience rose together and gave him a thundering, thundering ovation. There are times in our lives, and it may be in some of your lives today, that one string breaks. And you say, I can't go on. But you can. Even the second string may break. And your mom says, this is all I can take. But you can go on because you can play on the next string. And then another string breaks and you only have one string left. And that's when it counts and it says to you as moms, you're a winner. You win. You've done what you should do. You've done what God wants you to do. The hills are alive with the sound of music, with songs that have sung for a thousand years. The hills fill my heart with the sound of music. My heart wants to sing every song it hears. My heart wants to beat like the wings of the birds that rise from the lake to the trees. My heart wants to sigh like the chime of the flies from a church on a breeze, to laugh like a brook when trips and falls over the stones on its way, to sing through the night like a lark who is learning to pray. I go to the hills when my heart is lonely. I know I will hear what I've heard before. My heart will be blessed with the sound of music. I'll sing once more. Climb every mountain, climb every mountain, Search high and low. Follow every byway, every path you know. Climb every mountain, forge every stream. Follow every rainbow till you find your dream. A dream that you will need all the love you can give. Every day of your life, for as long as you live. Climb, mothers, every mountain, forge every stream. Follow every rainbow till you find your dream. God could not be every place with loving hands to help ease the teardrops of every baby's. And so he thought of a mother who could not send us here alone and leave us to a fate unknown with providing for his own the outstrips arms of a mother God could not watch us night and day and kneel besides our crib to pray or kiss our little aches away. And so he sent us mothers. And when our childhood days began, he simply could not command. That's why he placed our tiny hand securely into mothers. The days of youth slipped quickly by. Life's sun rose higher in the sky. Full grown were we, yet even nigh to the love of us was a mother. And when last span of years shall end, I know that God will gladly send to welcome home his child again, that ever faithful 
mother. God bless you, mothers. Your responsibility is great, and your influence is tremendous. We love you very much, but most of all, God loves you. He'll protect you and care for you. Care his cross all the way. He'll bless you. Bow your heads, please. There may be someone in the audience that needs to accept Jesus Christ as their personal Savior today on this Mother's Day. You say, I, I trust in Jesus. I pray the prayer, Lord, be merciful to me, a sinner. Come into my heart. Come into my life. And he'll do that. You can say, I believe in you, Lord. I believe you died on the cross for me. He did that for you. So you can accept him today as your Savior. And after the service is over, you can not say that social just, uh, uh, distance from someone uh, here on the staff, but tell us about that. If you'd like to join this church by letter, you can tell us about that at the end of the service if you'd like to. So I'm going to have a prayer. And mothers, again, thank you for what you've done for all of us. Dear Lord, this is a very special day. A day when we celebrate mothers and all the good women, Lord. Some are not mothers here today. These dear ladies are great, but they have mothers. They know what we're talking about. And so we ask you now, Lord, to take hold of the hand of all these mothers because they love their children so much. They love their families. They've paid such a price for us. And, Lord, we pray that you'll honor them like we want as human beings to honor them today. And may every one of us today have sweet, sweet memories of our mothers that are already before you. For we ask it in Jesus' name.